The Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast in Japan 2019. I'm Tom Ellis. I'm Liam Flint. And we're in a pub in Yokohama where Japan have just beaten Scotland. 28-21 to top the group ahead of Ireland, ahead of Scotland. They go through to the quarterfinals to face South Africa. Liam, firstly, aren't we glad that game went ahead? We're so glad, and we're so glad we stayed for it. The option was there. I'm so glad they didn't call it off. All of Japan will be rejoicing right now. Deserved victory. I'm with two Japan fans here. What did you think of the game? You must be delighted. I mean, like, it was my first, first ever time watching uh, rugby. But, like... I'm starting to love this game. I'm so glad that Japan won. I can't, I can't even imagine what's going to happen. In, like in the, you know, I'm so excited about Japan in the future. Yeah. And what did you think of the game today? Yeah, we never beat Scotland before. This, this is really amazing game. I've never watched the game like before. That's really amazing. That's really fun for today. Yeah. And we were stood near you guys throughout the game. And you said to me early on that you're not sure about rugby before. You've never really watched rugby before. But through this World Cup, through this Japan team, you've come to love the game. So what's changed? I mean, like, the passion. Like, I'm actually a basketball player, but, like, like throughout this game, the passion towards rugby, it's changed to run. It used to be, like, 50%. Now I'm, like, 120% right now. So you're going to be a rugby fan for the rest of your life? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And how far can Japan go? To the finals. And to number one. Number one in the world. I'm sure. So we've just come one pub down the road before we catch the train. And we're now with Eric, a Scotland fan. Eric, what did you think of the game tonight? I think it was a brilliant game. I, I am so impressed with Japan. How... The passing was so accurate and fast, and that's what won the game. The tenacity on both sides was equal, I thought. Hard, hard defence, superb. But it was definitely the passing, the quickness was was good. Uh, I have to say, tonight the better team won. No, I don't have to say it. I, I'm willing to say it. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I'm just disappointed for Scotland because against any other team, they would have won. I think. Yeah. The passion was the passion was Japan, and, yeah. and it is so good for rugby, especially Japanese rugby. Yeah. And in fact, all of the other countries that have small teams that will. Yeah, and so we're out here in Yokohama. You're not at the game, but you're in the pub here with Japanese fans, England fans, Scotland fans. Um, how important do you think it's been for rugby, for the tournament, and for you as fans that this game went ahead, regardless of the result? It had to. It had to because uh, there was too much, too much on this one game. Who went through to the next round? There was too much on it. It had to happen, or it would be like a, a four-year hangover. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So, so you still go home, heads held high, happy. You've got the bagpipes in here. You're going to be playing into the night? Uh, no. Well, we've, 
we have to go back early morning flight to Bangkok, so okay. unfortunately we can't. But we'll we fly you on, we're going back to Bangkok tomorrow. <laughs> I, we're, on, we're on the, um, the quick, about nine o'clock-ish. Okay, you're early, you're early than us. Yeah. But you go home with heads held high? Pardon? You go home with heads held high, you go home having had a good trip? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Uh, we came to the weekend for this match and... Wonderful. Great. Yeah, but Eric, do you think there'll be a backlash from this? Because Scotland fans will not be happy. You can't be happy to go no, out not, in the group stage. Not, not at all. Not at all. The one thing about Scotland is it is a country that will rise again. Yeah. Scotland will be back. Oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad the game went ahead. Do you think we can get a tune? Live from Yokohama, Japan. Japan 2019. The Scotland fans. Earlier today, Namibia and Canada in Pool B was called off due to the typhoon and weather conditions. In Pool C, it finished USA 19, Tonga 31. And then in Pool D, Wales 35, Uruguay 13. And of course, as we've just said, that final game of the pool matches 28-21 to Japan against Scotland. Setting up the quarterfinal matches. So, Liam, the quarterfinals line up as this. England will play Australia, New Zealand will play Ireland, Wales will play France and Japan will play South Africa. Memories, of course, will come flooding back from the World Cup in 2015 when Japan got that famous victory over South Africa in Brighton. It's a rematch. That's going to be an emotionally charged game and they're looking good, aren't they? Yeah, that's going to be really tasty. Like you said, the, the history at play there, Springboks haven't quite been at their best yet and like you said... Japan are there to be feared right now. They've beaten Ireland, they've beaten Scotland. So for them to now go on and play the Springboks, it's history repeating itself. That'll be a lovely touch as well. And South Africa don't need to be reminded that this is going to be really tough, really physical. But you do have to say, the amount Japan put into this, and also to beat Ireland as well, will there be anything left for them? I'm not 100% sure. But hey, for now, they can just revel in their victory, get some rest and then come back in a few days' time. But amazing for Japanese rugby. Everyone here is absolutely loving it. We just heard from the guy there who's going to be following rugby from now on because of tonight, which is just the legacy all over. It's what Japan wanted, and it's what world rugby needs. So maybe we need to stop calling them a Tier 2 side. Absolutely, and it's worth saying as well, this morning we woke up after 24 hours locked in due to Typhoon Hagavis. We woke up to young kids playing outside our window, laughing for over an hour, playing rugby on a football pitch, wearing Japan football shirts with a baseball bat thrown to the side. They were playing rugby, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Exactly. We've seen multiple groups of kids now who are yeah, still donning the, the football shirts with Kagawa often on the back, Shinji Kagawa, but they're all playing rugby and they seem to have the skills on lockdown and they're clearly watching it on TV and then going out and trying to replicate. So I think Japan has already gone well above expectation. In terms of a legacy, I think they've already gone above that as well. I don't think they expected the country to take to it as much as they have. But the hard work's going to start after this. If Japan go out in the next round, will they still follow? Can they still build on this? 
But right now, it's just an amazing success story. And there's not been too much else to write home about in the World Cup so far. A couple of shocks, but absolutely brilliant to see Japan taking down Ireland and Scotland. They won't live that one down anytime soon. So, Lynn, this is our final day in Japan. We're in Yokohama. Uh, the last few days, all the attention has been on the typhoon. And in some areas, there's been real devastation. It's caused a, a huge impact. Uh, over 18 people we know have died. Many are missing. Uh, there's been widespread floods and landslides. But today, for this game to go ahead, they've really pulled together to make this game happen here in Yokohama. And, and overall, all that we've seen, everyone we've spoken to, has had a positive experience of this tournament here in Japan and they've hosted a great tournament. Massively, and what a way to silence everything that happened yesterday, bring a message of joy that was badly needed to the people here. A lot of people would have been coming out to this game with a, you know, a little bit of a negative backdrop. It's been a tough 24 hours, like you say, for many people here. And so to give them a little bit of hope here with this rugby team, so many people have no idea what's going on, but they just know they want Japan to win. And now they're going through to the knockouts. The first time they've ever done it in a Rugby World Cup. So the nation will be rejoicing tonight. There'll be lots of drinks had. And we'll have to do it all again against the Springboks. Now, between the pool stages and the knockout rounds at the Rugby World Cup, the Wheelchair Rugby World Cup will be taking place. And just earlier, we managed to catch up with two-time bronze medalist at the Paralympics and silver medalist at the World Para-Athletics Championships, Neil Lowe. He told us some of his story and what he's up to out here in Japan during the World Cup. We came here basically as a team from various countries. Um, I was coming from Pretoria, South Africa. My colleague Steve Jones from Wales and then um, Daniel Lee from Malaysia. We are the co-presenters of what we call All Ability Sports Ministry. Um, we basically focus on people with disabilities, reaching out to them in and through sport. So in essence, what we call is living, telling uh, um, the gospel to people with disabilities um, in obedience to the Bible as we believe so and fulfillment of the Great Commission. And so what got you involved in that? Well, my personal involvement emanates from uh, international sporting career during the 90s as a Paralympian. By God's grace, I had the opportunity to participate in the Paralympic Games of 92, 96 and 2000 as a sprinter and also involvement with some chaplaincy programs during the Sydney Paralympic Games in 2000. Uh, I believe that all of that sparked my passion to be more involved in the kingdom and to serve as, as, as a chaplain and to get engaged also with other sporting activities, um, reaching out to people with disabilities since, since I believe that God prepared and equipped me for such a time as this. And I can more easily identify and associate with, with people with disabilities being, being disabled myself. Mm. So Neil, can you tell us a bit of your personal story? Yes, for sure. Um, what happened is that, uh, uh, some years ago, well, some decades ago, it was in 1984 in December, when I was still a teenager, teenager, I miraculously survived a freak electrical accident there in South Africa, in the Southern Cape, just close to the coast. Um, to give some details, uh, my brother, a friend of mine and myself, we were pulling a catamaran, which is the double hull sailing boat, down <coughs> a dirt road towards a lake, um, and what happened is in the process of doing so, the mast, which was up straight, touched overhead electrical power lines. 
the, the boat was electrified and 11,000 volts surged through our bodies. We were shocked and conscious and um, we, we, medically and, and scientifically speaking, we should have been dead, but we believe that it was an absolute uh, miraculous intervention by God uh, who gave us a second chance in life. So um, soon thereafter, the, the reality just dawned on me that I'd been given a second chance in life and that God has a very specific plan and purpose for my life. Um, what happened also is we, we sustained third-degree burning wounds, wounds, all three of us, and in order to save our lives, they had to amputate my left arm, my brother's right arm and his right leg below the knee, as well as the toes of his left foot, as well as my friend's uh, right arm. So all of us, two 16-year-olds, one 15-year-old, um, our hearts should have started fibrillating. We, we should have sustained brain damage. And, and all of us only, only sustained these injuries, and um, we fully adapted to, to single-handedness afterwards. Mm. And you talked about that, that miracle of still being alive. Were there times as well when it was frustrating and it was frustrating to marry what had happened with, with your faith as well? Um, being a Christian during that time, I believe that, uh, that I was personally strengthened in my faith. Uh, in the ensuing months after the accident of, of really pain, discomfort and, and some, sometimes frustration, um, I became increasingly aware that nothing could separate me from the love of God, as it's, as it's stated in Romans 8, 38 and 39. And, and in many ways, tangible ways, visible ways, um, I was just, uh, it was just reaffirmed that, that, that God has a, had a, a plan and purpose for my life. And in, and in, in an engagement of, 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 of uh, the support of friends and family, um, and, and also self, sometimes self strangers who came and just encouraged and prayed for us. I just knew that, that God was still in control and that this will work out for, for, for my good and, and to the glory of God because, um, um, I had a relationship with God being his child and, and they know that, um, that his plans were good for me. Uh, so, so he, he not only healed us physically, but he restored me and the, the others also in our faith and, and, mm. and in, in emotionally and in many, many other various ways. But, uh, I believe that God was glorified and that, um, at the end we were really strengthened, um, in, in many respects. So that was Neil Lowe, former Paralympian from South Africa and also a member of the Audibility Sports Ministry. And we'll be hearing more of his story on a future podcast. So, in an Irish pub in Yokohama, Japan, having spoken to Japan fans, Scotland fans, this has been the Planet Sport Rugby Podcast. I'm Tom Ellis. I'm Liam Flint. And this is a Passion for Sport production. And rugby is the winner. Sign up. Oh.